Good morning. Good morning. Oh, how about okay? All right, everybody's here. All good. Everybody's here. Well, well, they're struggling. You know how that game is played. Mama Bell, I was. Uh, we were talking. I was. Uh, I was sharing about how we had a good time on Monday with Miss McClellan coming over, and uh, she had a little chat with us and uh, talk about some things she's going to do come yonder. And so we look forward to uh, those announcements popping off and uh, it become public what she is doing. Uh, But other than that, I would like to uh, move beyond the past into the future and talk about what's happening uh, come Sunday. The fifth, number five, almost annual. They say almost because I believe last year, maybe last two years, because of COVID, they have not had it. But Engage Norfolk returns on Sunday, March 20, 2022, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. That's... Uh, very, very interesting, and uh, that's a conversation that we will definitely have with her. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and address the elephant in the room. Uh, 11 to 3 is not a good time for black folks, because those are the times that we're in church. And so we're definitely going to uh, bring that up, and we will have that conversation with her later on. But uh, if you happen to get out by 2, you can swing over to the Scope Exhibition Hall, and they're going to have some things over there. Uh, They're going to answer questions, uh, civic engagement opportunity. Uh, What else they got? Let's see what they got here. They got civic fair civic workshops, meet and greet, some of the council members, school board members, state delegates and senators, U.S. representatives and senators, all those be there. Uh, a couple other fine things are going to be there. Um, so if it's possible, uh, you can come here on Sunday morning and get your get your Jesus on and, and head on down there until we can... Uh, have a discussion about this timing here because, like I said, I, I just noticed it. I think we talked about it a little earlier, but I just noticed it again. That's not a good time for us. But that's Sunday. And uh, other than that, uh, we're going to put our prayers out there and our concerns and intentions and what have you, your personal prayers out there things that are uh, on your heart. Um, My dear grandmother, I guess we can uh, bring her in to to pray for us in that regard. And then Mama Belle can uh, 
after grandmother prays for us, Mama Bell can hit the keys. Is that all right? Yes, that's fine. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. All right. Most holy and all wise fathers, we come this morning. We say thank you. We thank you, most holy Father, because you watched over us all night. And God, you woke us up. The blood still running warm in our veins. With the activities of our limbs, God, we thank you. We thank you, God, because you looked down upon us while we slept. You heal our bodies, God. You strengthen us, oh God, that we're able to start out another new day. We just want to tell you thank you this morning. God, as we come this morning, we come seeking you, trusting you, and believing you, knowing that, God, that all power is in your hand and that you work in out every situation for us. You promise us, O oh God, that you will be with us, and we can say thank you, because you never leave us, nor do you forsake us, and you are always there. And we just thank you this morning. You say give thanks in all things, and help us to give you thanks and rejoice and praise your holy name. Put a smile on our face, God. Shine down through us this day, God, that we may be shining lights in this dark world, that we may be helpers one of another, to let others know how sweet you are. We just thank you this morning. We praise you. We love you. We magnify your holy, righteous name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Matthew, Matthew 
chapter 26, verse 6 through 10. Matthew, chapter 26, verse Six through ten. While Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simeon, the leper, a woman approached him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. She poured it on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw it, they were indignant. Why waste, they asked. This might have been sold for a great deal and given to the poor. Where of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a noble thing for me. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. I would like to, for a few moments, talk from the subject. Can we do some real work around here? Can we do some real work around here? And all those who believe in the Bible respond with a howdy. Amen. 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 I hate Wednesday because I get one of these good moments of thought and I realize that Mama Bell is going to get mad at me come 7.05 when I go over time. And so I really can't do these things justice. I have to do one of those Episcopal Presbyterian messages here. I found myself a few days ago watching a movie with First Lady the movie was called The Devil Wears Parada. I think it's what's called. It has Anne Hathaway in it and Merle Street. I believe it's on one of those sites. You may have to rent it if you want to check it out on the streaming services. And the movie was caught between two extremes. At least those are the emotions that I picked up from. You had this main character who Anne Hathaway played called Andy, who found herself graduating from college with a degree in journalism but moved to New York City looking for a job, and and she could not get into that position or into a journalistic position at the time of her entering New York, so she took this job at a fashion company. This fashion company was 
uh, ran by Merle Street's character Miranda, it was fierce. Miranda was a force to be reckoned with. She was a hellcat, if you. And Anne Hathaway's character, Andy, found herself caught between two extremes, as I said earlier. The extreme of success and those who gawk at things. The first lady asked me to watch the movie, and she said, what did I get out of it? And I explained, as I have now said two times, and I'm going in for a third. I got two extremes. I had those, or I felt if I was in Anne Hathaway's position, Anne Hathaway's character's position, Andy, my response would be, A, Miranda, this fierce billionaire, this typhoon, this uh, who's who name, uh, what's the word that I want that I can't think of it, the person who is on the top of the New York City's name for people. Miss Andy didn't want to be there because you can't be successful without running over a few people. Not that high up. You find me a billionaire that didn't step on somebody, and I want to talk to him. Because on the way up the ladder, the sad reality based upon the society and the culture by which we live, based upon the world that we have built, a prerequisite for success at that level is by destroying somebody beneath you. But then you got the people on the other side, the ones who look at the Mirandas and they don't want to be that person. They don't want to be self-centered or selfish or they don't want to do whatever they have to do to get ahead, so they rather just work at Walmart or Target or KFC because they don't want the responsibility of what it takes. I have a few members in my family that I thought about. Smart as whips. No, I'm not talking about my grandmother. But smart as whips. But that next level of success, they refuse because they don't want the hassle of it. So they weaken themselves. They have created their own glass ceiling only because they don't want to deal with what it took. And in that movie... The gentleman in there, I do not remember his name, so please forgive me. This gentleman became Anne Hathaway's or Andy's good friend. Andy went to this gentleman in one scene of the movie and said, I'm feeling beaten. And that gentleman looked at Andy and patted her on the shoulder and said, 
the reason why he didn't say it in this term, I'm paraphrasing, but the reason why you're feeling beaten is because you're doing something right. When your world starts falling apart around here, that's when you're up for promotion. And I took that from a perspective that I heard back in the day. Most of you, especially if you come from my side of the church world, you probably heard an old saying of new devil. There's always stress at the top. But here is where my attention led or why my attention led to this piece of business, this text that we have taken as a backdrop this morning. Kind of peeling away or pushing away from this bit. That's that's one part of it. But another part of it was this idea. Now I took exception in this movie. Yes, the girl had done some changing. And yes, in some cases, this young lady was beaten up because of change. But why is it that when people search for success, when they search to try to better themselves, slipping into worlds, instead of trying to find ways to encourage them out, we beat them up? Or who you think you are? Now you think you're better than everybody. I took exception to that because there was a time in my life when I decided that I had maxed out. You ever maxed out in your community? You ever maxed out in your world? Sometimes you can go to a job or you can go to a church or you can go to a community group or some form of, you can go somewhere. We don't have to start naming places. But you can outgrow your environment. That's a negative word in some communities. Mama Bell, you can play and play and play and play and play until you are better than Jim and Bingo Halls. And the thought of you wanting to move out of the Bingo Hall and take a stab at Broadway or Carnegie Hall is somewhat thinking or feeling like you are better than somebody else is ludicrous to me. The fact that you want more than the ghetto That you are what I remember when you looked down on those Carnegie Hall people. Now you just like them. Well, can't people grow up? Can't people aspire for more? And in aspiring for more and choosing to do more, sometimes attitudes that was once had changes. Perspectives changes. When I was a child, I speak as a child, I understood as a child, but when I grew up, 
are put away. Childish things. I looked at this movie, and I don't mean to stay here. I don't know why I've stayed here such long. I want to go somewhere else, and I'm trying to get myself there. But I looked at this movie and caught between these two extremes, and, and there may, if you watch it, get another perspective on it. Hey, that's why you watch movies. It's, it's, an op- it's a blank scale. It's like a, an open canvas. You can get whatever you get out of it. But for me, it was the Miranda which sometimes is overlooked, it's omitted. I was riding down the street with someone, and I'm not going to name names, my mama. And we turned down the street, and she said, no, turn that other way. And I hurried up and turned the other way, and it suddenly dawned on me why she flipped and went to go the other way. Some rich folks are scared to be poor. They are terrified of a life of nothing. And they scratch and they claw, and a lot of the decisions they make, a lot of the choices that they make, a lot of the mindsets that they have is out of a fear of what would happen if they had nothing. Nobody discusses how society has beat us so much that the fear of Failure is just as oppressing as anything we've ever dealt with in our culture. And then on the other side, it's the fear of success. That's why people don't want to leave the projects. I make $15, I pay five out in rent, I get my water, my lights, my gas, my sewage, all paid for. I don't get no gimmicks in the mail, no little pieces of paper, no envelope brought to me by the boys in blue. Not the dark blue, I'm talking about the light blue with the little funny truck. They call them little pieces of paper bills. I don't have to worry about the fact that a crisis in Ukraine is going to take my oil bill up or a crisis in, in Ukraine is going to take my gas bill up or my electric is going to get hiked just because some CEO sat in the room and decided he had a raise in some time. The fear of success is one extreme. And then the fear of failure is the other. And then quickly, my other point, before Mama Bell starts banging on the keys telling me to shut up. (laughs) I looked at this moment 
this text. And I'm not making up an opinion. I'm just reading and deducing what I have read. This woman comes in and she decides that she wants to do something significant. And the first thing the church folks thought about, what about the poor people? The problem I have in some of our churches is we spend more time feeding poor folks than we do educating dumb folks. I'm going to say that again. We have spent more dollars on poverty than we ever spent on education. Education. So this woman comes in, and if you can look at it the way I've seen it, please indulge me for a moment. Entertain my train of thought. This woman came in and she decided that something needed to happen in order to advance the next phase. And so in order to make this advancement successful, she decided to invest in it. And what did the church folk want to do? They wanted to take the investment money and go feed some more homeless folks. And Jesus had to look down, and he had to say, listen, them homeless people been out there all the time, and y'all ain't care about them till now. I'm just telling you what the text said. Go back and read it. Now, when we want to talk about something important, when we want to talk about something significant, we want to talk about something worth something, now you want to go where about homeless folks. Because being better means that somebody has to be elevated, and I don't like elevation. I like keeping people down. That's what the text says. Go read it. They became indignant. They didn't care about what was happening. All they cared about, well, this is a waste. We could have taken this, pawned it off, got a tax write-off, because you know that happens when you feed the poor folks. Did I not mention that? I'm sorry. But what she did, because you don't make an investment in people and gain money. No, 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 no. When you invest in people, you start to lose money. One of the CEOs of a company, I'm not going to name names because I I don't really want to bother with it. But his argument, when they talked about paying people more, it is very structured, is what I'm trying to say. You you really got to know what you're listening to because them CEOs, they ain't going to come out and tell you Verbatim, you gonna have to, you have to go and then peel back the onion and get to the allergic new section. But but what he said when he moved his companies to Taiwan, he said, "Listen, 
we found that it is more profitable for us to invest our money in lower economies. What does that mean, my dear Mother Bell? That means is I can go to Taiwan where the mindset is poor, where those people are fine with working for $2.50 an hour, then invest in America for $15 plus benefits. I have no problem sometimes my grandmother and other people of seniority have conversations and, and they, they seem to take offense, and, I, and I, I understand sometimes what they're saying. But my dear mamas and grandmamas and grandpapas, just because you work for 15 cents an hour doesn't mean that won't horrible. They shouldn't have paid y'all that less either. You were worth more than 15 cents an hour and $35 a day. And yes, you have done extraordinary things with that 15 cents an hour and 35 the day, but what needs now? Is there a realization that advancing or investing in the advancement of people is more important than advancing or investing in their sustainability? I'm going to explain that and I'm going to get out your hair. We have become a sustainability investment society. As long as I keep a roof over your head and keep clothes over your back and keep food on your table, I am fine. But don't come to me talk about you on IRAs. Don't come to me talk about you on health insurance. Don't come to me talk about you on retirement. Don't come to me talk about you want to have some type of resources where you can go on vacation, paid leave, sick time, family leave for you to go over there when your children is born. Don't come talk to me. Food, roof, and clothes. That's all you need. We have a generation that has decided that they want to gain more. And to some degree, yes, they do need to understand the principles and ideals that you had where you took that $35 and gave God $3.50 and then took $2 and put it in all of your little missionary and whatever meetings you went to, and then out of that other, you went and paid your bills. But, Grandmama, you also didn't do nothing because you couldn't. You couldn't even go and get a can of ice cream if you wanted to. And now, some of our senior people are forced to wait until they're almost 80 to retire because they're riding the pay wave all the way to the end, where our CEOs and top 1% are cashing out at 30 and 35. Where should the investment be made? 
And so this morning, on this day of love, it's 316 day, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only son to come into the world, not to condemn it, but to show the ultimate way, not just how to get to heaven, but how to have life. And then on top of having life here, how to have life more abundantly. Brother Dennis is coming to pray for us. And when he comes, I would ask for you to consider what is the real mission? What is the real problem? What is the real goal? What is the real objective? Who are we and what should we really focus on? And most importantly, when you look at this text in conclusion, have we really, really lost or have we gained what truly matters? I ask you to pray for that as Brother Dennis comes. Good morning. Let's, let's pray. Let's remember what our focus is tonight. You know, the focus of, of what the lady did with Jesus as she poured the, the oils over his head. What uh, symbolic symbolicism that is and his response to his disciples. And, and uh, we have to remember that you know, we do have promise from God, a promise from Jesus, that we will have everlasting life. Do you have that? Do you have that in your in your heart and in your mind? The most of all do you have in your soul what the Bible teaches us and how how we should address certain things, whether it be the rich, the poor, or those of us that are kind of stuck in between. Father God, we just thank you that we could come today, we could share the scripture, we can share your word, but most of all, we just ask you to continue to bless us, watch over us, take care of us, as you have done so well in the past. We just ask you to continue to just give us the, the, the courage to stand up for who, for what we believe in. Lord, just continue to take care of us, watch over our families, and most of all, give us the faith that we need. And, Give us the strong faith that we need. Again, we just thank you. We just thank you, Lord. Just thank you for all that you do. In your name, your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless. Have a great week. Amen. Hallelujah.